audio check. Everything pharmacy. Let's get into the show. Today, I have a very special guest on on the show with us here. Podcaster, author, pharmacist, father, Dr. Tony Guerra. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. Put the kids to bed. Uh, I'm ready to start my, uh, you know, this is uh, this is my nighttime time to, to do this kind of stuff. So right. I'm pretty excited. Are we in overtime for you for your day right now? How's this? Where, where are we at in the game today? Well, the parenting job doesn't end ever, so there's no real overtime, and there's certainly not time and a half. So yeah. <laughs> this is good stuff. Anytime I get to connect with a uh, an influencer, it's a good night. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, so uh, to get started, I, I want to I want you to introduce yourself. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about you. Uh, I'm a pharmacist. I uh, graduated 20 years ago, and I thought I'd actually start off by telling a little bit of a story. The one thing students maybe don't get a lot of is what to do if something really bad happens. So we hear about the your last podcast episode was with, you know, the kind of uh, pharmacist many students want to be a PGY2 critical care pharmacist who's working at the top of his license. He's about to you know, embark on his career. Uh, let me tell you how things go when maybe they don't go so good. Uh, when I got out of school, uh, there was tons of jobs out in Arizona. I lived there for four years, and and that went well. And then I came home to Maryland, uh, to Baltimore, and something was going on with my knee. I don't know what it was. Hmm. Uh, later, we found out it was an IT band thing or iliotibial band. For those of you that are runners, uh, you'll know what this is. But the pain was just terrible. And and I thought that at 28, 29 years old, my career as a pharmacist was over. Wow. So. Uh, we're going to talk about second incomes and, and side hustles and things like that. But my primary motivation uh, now was fear uh, that I was going to lose my job, that I wasn't going to have an income. Uh, I had still not paid off my loans and all that stuff. So I wow. think talking about when I was there or the solutions to that might be most helpful to this group coming out. Uh, I think average debt is 160000 uh, And then Starting pharmacy school, you only have a 75% chance to make it to the end of pharmacy school and first time pass. So uh, I don't want to be bleak, but I think that those are the solutions that uh, we could really talk about and really help a lot of people with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, that's scary. That story is sounds extremely scary. I mean, anyone that's put in, put in any situation where their career, uh, you know, the future of their career might be in jeopardy. It definitely is, is a terrifying situation. So it's, it's crazy to see you on the other side of that. That's pretty awesome. I want to talk about, you know, the journeys of, you know, we talk, you know, you mentioned the side hustle and, you know, you have a, an extremely successful YouTube channel. Uh, you have a successful podcast and and you're an author of a book available on Amazon, which we'll, we'll get into. But what was, you know, what, what came first, I guess I should ask in, in terms of and, and where did that begin and how did that begin? Um, purely uh, by accident. Uh, what came first was being a real estate agent. Oh, okay. Uh, you'll find that a number of uh, pharmacists have kind of done this dual role. And I, I, after that scare, uh, I wanted something else. And I didn't, my, the pharmacist schedule is so strange. We didn't have online classes back then. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't really an option to go back to school necessarily. So I, 
I found out that real estate school is 400 bucks. And I went to real estate school. I got my license and that part was easy. Mm -hmm. And then I found myself a brokerage and I got down at a desk and now I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so the, the misconception many people have is that real estate school teaches you how to be a real estate agent. And that's not true. It just gets you licensed. So sometimes, or maybe, you know, how we're talking about pharmacy school, a lot of times people feel that, okay, well, I had pharmacy school, so I'm ready to become a pharmacist. And I think in many ways you're finding this out too, is that a lot of it just kind of starts there. Yeah. And so the most important thing I needed to get was some kind of coach or mentor. And it was this group called Buffini and Company. They're still going. Uh, they're out of Carlsbad. And it was about 400, 400 bucks a month. And what I really found was this very, a guy that had done it, a guy that had a roadmap and uh, I stayed with them for, uh, gosh, uh, five, six, seven years while I was doing the real estate thing, uh, eventually replacing my pharmacy income, eventually leaving uh, retail pharmacy. And uh, my last year uh, as a realtor, I brought my group uh, 253000 for the year. I only took 100 of it, but wow. but still, uh, yeah, you know, amazing. Uh, number one lesson, uh, get a mentor that's going to be able to help you along. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what about the, in, in terms of after you, you know, you, you've left, uh, or I guess you started kind of another, I would call it another career, another, uh, source of income. How did, how did it all turn into being online and, and get into the, you know, distribution of content and, and have you, you know, becoming, you know, the teacher that you are, how did, how did that all come about? Oh, good. So that was another massive fail on my part. Uh, I thought I had no idea how to become a farm, uh, a pharmacy school professor. And that was the first thing that I thought about doing. I applied for this job, went in, uh, didn't get it, uh, kind of started talking to people and realized how underqualified I was. Mm-hmm. Really, to be a professor at a pharmacy school, you need PGY2, publications, all of these things. So I just said, all right, well, I just want to be a teacher. So where can I start? So I was still in Baltimore and I found out that you just need a degree to be a substitute teacher in middle school. So I was in Baltimore (laughs) schools teaching middle school science as a substitute teacher. Uh, I learned to be a teacher uh, with Kaplan test prep and they pay about 20 bucks an hour. Uh, If you can get a 90 or 95% or higher on the PCAT, I don't remember what it was. And I actually taught GMAT, uh, but same thing. Uh, I got some mentoring. I got some learning how to teach. Mm -hmm. And then that eventually came to this job where I teach uh, at a community college and then the online part came when I was trying to connect with my students and here I am with a textbook and chalkboard and they're there with their, you know, phones and yeah. laptops and things. So I started making some YouTube videos and one day YouTube emails me and says, okay, well, you've got this special invitation for creators only. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what's a creator? <laughs> a creator is somebody with a thousand subscribers or more. Wow. And I didn't know that it happened. I didn't yeah. know how it happened. Uh, but I'd put out a couple things, a top 200 video list, and then uh, a thing how to kind of hack the GRE. Yeah. And both of those did really well. So, you know, we're, we're taking 12 years and compressing it into two minutes. Yeah. But it really became, I wanted to teach. And the easiest way to teach is to teach through content online. Well, I mean, what really stuck out to me with, with that with that journey is that, you know, 
let me get this straight. You were a pharmacist when you started teaching for Kaplan and, and all that stuff already. You were already a pharmacist, right? Uh, no, I, I left oh. pharmacy. Uh, I was a real estate agent. So, so I had the autonomy and the freedom to kind of uh, get these weird hours uh, so I could do that. And, and yeah. I, was un, I was unmarried and I had no kids. But you were a licensed <laughs> pharmacist at the time that, or I, I would say you were, you were a qualified pharmacist at the time. That oh you yeah. Went I would and, work part-time every now and again. So, yeah. you know, what sticks out to me is that you were so humbled to know that, you know, you needed to really start from the bottom in, in terms of where, you know, to, to reach a certain goal. And you were willing to realize that it wasn't about that, that $20 an hour you know, that you were taken on, you know, as that side, side job to, to get to a further, a further goal. And to me that, that sticks out and shows, you know, your willingness to, um, you know, do whatever it takes, I guess, to do what you want to do, which I think is really uh, admirable. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, the, I think the middle school job paid like 50 bucks a day. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it uh, I mean, definitely wasn't about the money, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was how it started. And I think if you're going to put online content out there, you've got to think value first. Mm-hmm. Who am I doing this? Who can I help with this content? Mm-hmm. And some of it is going to hit really well and some of it's going to get like 50 views. Yeah. And I, I think that I, I really wanted to get into your advice on maybe what, uh, you know, what students can you know do now, because I think there's some students that even though they're in pharmacy school, they might envision themselves, you know, becoming a professor like yourself and, and teaching uh, other students ha- how to how to be successful. What are what are things that they can do? I guess maybe while they're in school, um, if if that's like a, a goal for them. Uh, the APP academic rotation, I think, is uh, for those P threes kind of thinking about it now. I think they're at the point right now where they're kind of choosing their rotations. I think the professions doing something doing a little bit of disservice in that I think that you are limited to two non clinical rotations. Mm-hmm. Because what the pharmacy schools are saying is that, well, if you want to be at the top of your license and if you're going to pass the NAPLEX, we need you to be in these clinical rotations. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that no matter how high on your license you are, any PGY2 trained super clinical person is always going to be working for a non-clinical person. The CEO of the hospital system, mm-hmm. uh, the person that's directing the group, they're all going to be non-clinical. Mm-hmm. So it's actually while we've got this huge group going to Orlando in what, two weeks, not even two weeks Yeah. Uh, for, for the residency and showcase. And your last episode was about, should you even go to the showcase? Mm-hmm. Well, another alternative is that there are so few leaders and so few applicants for those higher jobs, the C-suite jobs, mm-hmm. that it may actually be easier to go that route and become an executive than necessarily to become a clinical pharmacist these days. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a different point of view uh, on that. And you know, I, in terms of being an author, uh, I, I think that this is going to be more relatable. I, I would say to someone that's uh, a pharmacist or a health professional that's out practicing. If which not to say that you know because you're a student you can't write a book or, or publish something, but I mm-hmm. just think that you know you'll have more time and more experience and. and and more credibility, I would say, to publish something after you've graduated, you got some experience. How was that journey for you like, uh, you know, in terms of putting out all that content out there and then transitioning into, you know, compressing it all into into a single book? Um, well, let me let me kind of talk about it a little bit differently. I the, the real tragedy to me and what really killed me was that once I'd written the book and once it was successful, 
I could afford Harvard. Mm-hmm. And that may sound strange, but I didn't know what that was as a first generation college student. Yeah. I didn't, my parents, there was no way they could pay for that. I think it's $50,000 a year now. And that kind of realization was really just painful for me mm-hmm. to know that I could have paid my own way. I could have saved my parents all that money hmm. if I had been entrepreneurial as a student. So I'm actually going to take it back to the students, to the pharmacists and faculty, because there was just an AJPE article that said that faculty are actually terrible influencers uh, in terms of the uh, Strengths Finder 2.0. Mm-hmm. They're good at executing. That's their strength. But the opportunities for the students, for those that are out there, is to start influencing and the easiest way to do that is through a book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to take the time in a little bit to talk you step by step through how you can turn a book into what could pay your pharmacy student loans off before you ever graduate. Oh, I'm excited to hear about this because <laughs> I got loans too, and I'm about to take some notes. So <laughs> this is going to be good. All right. Well, let me let me tell you how it's done. Um, first, you have to fail. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but I, I have failed at a number of books, and I, I didn't do well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the first thing is that uh, all you have to do is – Uh, To get a book up on Amazon is to create a Word file with the book, and then you upload it, and then about two or three days later, it'll be up on Amazon, and then you can put the audiobook for that. Now, the audiobook space is really where the opportunities are. Hmm. Uh, There's a ton of eBooks out there, but it's so expensive to hire somebody really good to do an audiobook, about $400 per finished hour, that it actually kind of makes sense like someone like you that has their own rig, good voice, could easily oh, turn an audio book there. <laughs> out pretty quickly uh, in terms of getting that out there. So any student could do that, I think. And it's just a matter of finding a pain point, what's really killing people, what, what can people not solve on their own, mm-hmm. and then creating the ebook, uploading it as a Word file, three days later uploading the audio file. And then you get about four bucks per ver- book with the uh, audio book. And then uh, mine sells about 20 a day. So you just mm-hmm. kind of do the math and it, it works out really well. That's amazing. And in terms of the audiobook, were you uh, kind of reading from a skit? Like, is it, does it match word to word if someone was kind of following the book and seeing it there? Or was it more of just a conversational, like, you know, you just got out the thoughts that you needed to, you know, for that one chapter, let's say. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, I hired somebody at $400 per finished hour. Oh, you did that? Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, 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 I took the big bet. And, yeah. Um, I've, I've won on that bet, and I've lost on that bet. So one mm. time I did it, and, you know, 1,000% back to me, and then I did it again, and I'll get my money back from that one after about three and a half years. Gotcha. So it was a big bet that you don't necessarily have to do, mm-hmm. especially if you've got a good setup like you do, great audio quality, uh, the audible requirements are pretty specific, uh, but you could you could readily do it uh, if you could you could readily do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for the listeners uh, that don't know what what book we've been talking about here, it's uh, the Memorizing Pharmacology: A Relaxed Approach, and it's available on Amazon. Um, uh, written by and uploaded by, I would say, Doctor <laughs> Gira here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you tell them a little bit about the book, uh, you know, in case someone's interested? Yeah, sure. So uh, Memorizing Pharmacology was just kind of solving the top 200 problem. A lot of people have trouble 
figuring it out because the pharmacy language that we take for granted because we've been in, in and around those drug names is extremely hard for some professions because there's a curricular disconnect. In nursing, there's no, in some nursing programs, there's no chemistry. And in most nursing programs, there isn't organic chemistry, yet they still have to take pharmacology. So while we had to take organic or we had to take biochem, it sure as heck made it a lot easier to learn about something like hydrochlorothiazide that has a hydrogen a chloride, you know, mm. and all that stuff. So it was, and I didn't say, let me find a pain point. It was, let me help my students. And my students were an interprofessional group, mm. uh, pre-nursing, pre-pharmacy, pre-medicine. And I was just trying to help them. And it just, the book kind of took off. I got lucky in February where Amazon made mine one of those two-for-one deals. And it sold 400 a day for three days, wow. which was just insane. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so uh, it's just, again, it, it came back to, I wanted to teach. I wanted to help people. I found a place where they were really struggling. I solved the problem through an audiobook, And if you can do that, like I can tell you run, one problem now, which I'm not going to mess with, but any student could, if they could figure out and put a book together about the PCOA that. Uh, pharmacy college outcomes assessment test, mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be a big deal. Uh, residencies are going to start looking at that. And if somebody can make a review book for that, there's not a single thing on Amazon for it. Really? So there you go. Well, You're welcome. 50 grand. <laughs> I hope, I hope, you know, whoever decides to take on that challenge will, will kind of put you in that, uh, you know, as a thank you in there. So say, I was listening, you know, to <laughs> they can reach out to me. I mean, yeah. We're, we're podcast nation. We, you know, we answer our emails, we answer our, you know, the text messages, no, direct messages. So I'm happy to help anybody that asks for it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, solid transition there. Well, you know, you are a veteran podcaster. How, how did that come about? How did, how did you get into, you know, uh, the, the podcast space? Um, I was actually a guest on a podcast and it was, uh, I was in Ireland with my wife. We were celebrating our 10th anniversary and after nine years, long story, but, uh, and, <laughs> and I heard Aaron that Albert and I remember her listening to it. Her, her podcast series was the five roads out of retail uh, on the pharmacy podcast network. And I'm in Ireland listening to it. Uh, I've got this other guy next to me. He's like, Oh, what do you listen to? I was like, Oh, I'm just listening to one of these podcasts in the States about, you know, getting out of your job and, and this and that. And what she wasn't doing was vilifying retail. What mm -hmm. she was just saying is if you do want to get out or you do want to do something else, let's talk to some people that have done it. And I just happened to have done it uh, through the real estate, then the, the teaching. And so I talked to her. And then Todd, after that episode, he's like, wow, that episode did really well. Do you want to kind of revive this uh, podcast thing that I had before? And it was the Pharmacy Future Leaders He'd done probably four to six episodes before I ever got to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I just kind of embraced it and really just, you know, I, I just love talking to these people just like you do. I mean, you just get fired up. We're here on what, Sunday night? Yeah. Nobody's making us do this. Yeah. Uh, but we really want to help the people out there. And it was just, it, it actually was kind of addicting. Yeah. Uh, which is maybe not everything, anything you want to say around pharmacy, but <laughs> podcasting is addicting. Getting to talk to people, hear their stories. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But that's yeah. how I got into it. Yeah. And you know, the, the rise of, of people listening and, and voice and, and things like that is, is really prevalent right now. Anytime I talk to someone about, you know, what I'm doing and about the podcast, they're like, Oh, I love podcasts. And, and I just, you know, that, that term and, and that sort of conversation, I felt like, 
you know, three, four years ago wasn't common practice, I would say, especially in pharmacy, um, at least at least in, in the circles that I've been around. And yeah, if I remember MRM, uh, it wasn't one or two people there said, oh, I'd never heard a podcast before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like in, and so here you are spreading the word. So it's it's kind of nice that you're you're out there expanding the pie, as it were. Yeah, exactly. It, trying, trying to do our best. And, and also for listeners that want to check out his podcast, it's over on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Uh, you can just go to pharmacypodcast.com. His is the uh, Pharmacy Future Leaders. And um, I was actually a, a recent, uh, or I, sh- I will be a, a, a guest eventually on there. Which, uh, which two Tuesdays from now should be so nineteenth, twentieth, twenty first. So it should be twenty eighth. I'm excited should about be. that. That's going to be awesome. So hopefully everyone will look out for that as well. And uh, kind of some, you know, to, to wrap up here, I wanted to, I wanted you to give some advice to the practicing pharmacist um, that's tuning in now, uh, someone that is, you know, looking to be an author or looking to just start getting some content out there or, or even podcasting it, you know, what would be something that uh, you would tell them to scratch that itch? Um, well, let me actually tell you a story about my wife. This one uh, was a little bit surprised to me. I, it was last week. And uh, I actually interviewed her for the pharmacy podcast, so that's an interesting interview. You'll you'll hear in a couple, maybe this Tuesday. Oh, okay. But I came downstairs, and normally I was like, "Oh, it's Thursday." She's watching Scandal, but she was ignoring <laughs> Scandal. I love Scandal. And I'm like, "What do you mean you're ignoring Scandal?" She's on the phone. She 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 was she was on the phone, had the laptop open. She was just fired up. Yeah. And this is you know, Scandal time is. Husband, get out time. I'm yeah. relaxing time. Feet up, you know. And and I was like, "What's going on?" And she's got this uh, side business now with skincare, Rodin and Fields. And and the the interview that I had with her was basically, okay, we have no we have no student loan debt. Our house will be paid off, you know, half a decade before our kids go to college. So we've got plenty of money. You already work, you know, you leave the house at 715, you come home at five, you've got this long day, mm. you know, why are you, you know, what do you need this for? And she's like, I need it for me time. I need it to be social again with other people because I feel like I'm on an island. Mm. And so my advice to the practicing pharmacist is don't go after uh, uh, some kind of uh, money-making real estate or book or whatever it is, go find a group that you like, how to serve them, and then decide what your vehicle is, whether it's sales or products or things like that. Because I think that we need groups outside of our, you know, our bubble or our certain island that we're on, especially if we're a retail pharmacist or a community pharmacist. And I think that if you start with the social network that you want to work and help, that's going to be the road to some kind of second income that can really help you. Yeah. Well, that is some excellent advice. And and, and I do hope, you know, there, there might be some people that are listening now that, you know, either are super comfortable and happy with what their current situation is at, at whatever career they've kind of went into with pharmacy. Um, but there might be some people listening that, that really feel like, you know, they might not have gotten to where they want to be or just want more, and and I hope they'll they'll really take that advice uh, true to heart. Any uh, any parting thoughts? Anything that we didn't go over that you want to throw in here? Uh, Richard, I have to tell you, I wish there were more of you out there because it just is. We we've got maybe 
how many of us are there? Maybe 10, 15 podcasters and mm-hmm. there's 300,000 pharmacists. Yeah. So I'm a little confused why there are so few that are embracing this kind of social network. I know I read that AGP, JPE article that said, you know, faculty aren't necessarily influencers or executors, but I really, really hope that uh, some that you'll start mentoring some of the students that you run into or they'll come reach out to us and say, hey, you know, I'd like to do a podcast about this and and that we can help them out because it starts with if if Washington, D.C. is going to hear us. Uh, we need to be in the social spaces. Yeah. And I know what value we can give. So start podcasting, start posting, start blogging, anything, but just get the word out there. Awesome. Well, Tony, really, really, really appreciate you being on here. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. All right. Thanks. RX Radio is rocking, man. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I hope it was as insightful to you as it was to me. Please leave me a comment on Instagram or on iTunes. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Any feedback is going to be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, see you over the counter. Pharmacy.